treasurer is one of the one one part of the team that that helps care for our church's finances. And I and I I came with a with a need. <clears throat> I said, David, I need you to tell me how much is remaining in the 2018 budget under the line for uh, crowns and other royal accessories. <clears throat> and he told me, Scott. Uh, we don't have a budget for crowns and royal accessories. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, Karen, I, I live inside the budget, so. You would have gone to Burger King, would you? See, I, um, I'm more of a Wendy's guy, so they don't have crowns. They don't have crowns. So what you see is what our church budget could, uh, could afford. Um, <clears throat> And I know it's bothering you, so I'm going to get it off as quick as I can. But, uh, but I need to say a thing first. I, uh, I, there, there's, I came across this story. It, it appeared in an upper room. You know, the upper room are the, the little devotional uh, guides published by the United Methodist Church. that uh, uh, they, they come in small versions, the large print versions. There, there's one right there uh, that, that, we, that we pass out up front there in two-month blocks. And uh, upper room, a few years ago, had an entry a daily devotional entry written by a woman from Norway. And the, and the woman wrote that her family was hosting a friend from another country who had flown in to attend a church conference. And then when they arrived, they, all the family and the friend, they went up to the church conference and it was well attended. 2,000 people packed the place to, for this church conference. And right as the first session is beginning... From a side door enters a man in a gray suit, and everybody stands and applauds. For this man is the king of Norway, and he's there to attend the Christian conference. And when the, when the first session is over, and they've gone back to their home, uh, the, the, the writer of this devotional turns and asks the friend from another country, what did you think about having the king of Norway you know, being recognized like that? And the friend said, I was surprised he wasn't wearing a crown. He was just plainly dressed with, you know, with a gray suit on. Which begs the question, what, what do we expect from royalty? What, what do we expect? What what are we looking for? What are we looking for when we're told that one there is the king? Or that one there, she's the queen? Or, or those over there are the princes and princesses? What, what are we looking for? What, what are we looking for? I mean, pardon me, but um, Caroline, you couldn't, you couldn't do an event without the crown, right? I mean, am I right? Right. You, you of all of us have more experience as royalty than anybody. Am I? And, and you got to have the accessories. The kids would look up and say, "Pretty dress, but where's the, where's the, where's the crown?" The church, the church is is coming to the end of our Christian year. 
this Sunday and the next or the last two Sundays of the Christian year. And then, everybody knows this, then, then we'll spend four Sundays preparing for the, for the entrance of Jesus at Christmas. Four Sundays of Advent. We are, we are in this period of coming to this end and what the church has been doing for nearly a hundred years is marking those, the, the, these last days of the Christian year with a Sunday known as Christ the King. And I want to spend two Sundays talking about the one who is claimed uh, the, 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 the place of King of Kings and Lord of Lords and ask the question, will we recognize him? What, what, what does it mean to talk about Jesus Christ as king? And I'll say this, here's the whole sermon in a sentence. Before I, before I preach it, here's the whole sermon. The Bible is clear. We recognize Jesus as king by the way Jesus uses his divine power. Not by appearance, but how he uses his divine power. I invite you to turn back into the Old Testament with me as we, uh, as, as we go back into the story and history of God's people. There was, a, there was a time in which the people who, through their own disobedience, had, had fallen outside of the protections of God, and they were carried off, some just brutally uh, just devastated and crushed, and others carried off into exile by the Babylonians. And there are a series of prophets who are speaking on behalf of God to these people in exile, and one of those prophets is the prophet Ezekiel. So if you'll turn in the Old Testament with me to the, uh, the, the words of the prophet Ezekiel, I'll give you some, uh, some direction. If you'll turn to the middle and find around the Psalms and then move over to the right, you'll find Isaiah, you'll find Jeremiah, then you'll find your way to Ezekiel, one of the larger, uh, one of the larger prophets of the Old Testament of the Hebrew Scriptures. And these are the words that Ezekiel writes to the people who have been scattered. Ezekiel 34, beginning in verse 11. The Lord God proclaims, I myself will search for my flock and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out the flock when some in the flock have been scattered, so will I seek out my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered during the time of clouds and thick darkness. So, so Paul's there to see. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that there will be, there will be instances, there will be circumstances that are found in the world that cause the people of God to be scattered. Even the faithful ones will be scattered. Even the faithful ones will find themselves pushed around, right? And, and, and it says this, because clouds and thick darkness. There will be chaos, there will be confusion, and the people will be scattered. Verse 13, I will gather and lead them out from the countries and peoples, and I will bring them to their own fertile land. I will feed them on Israel's highlands, along the riverbeds, and in all the inhabited places. See if this begins to sound familiar. I will feed them in good pasture, and their sheepfold will be there on Israel's lofty highlands. On Israel's highlands, they will lie down in a secure fold and feed on green pastures. I myself will feed my flock and make them lie down. Help me with it. Lie down where? and green pastures, and lead them beside still waters. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, this is, this, is, this is awesome. 
Because we, we the people of God, believe firmly that, 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 that the persons who gathered these words and, 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 and brought about the Bible as we know it, they had help, right? Amen? They had help. So it's no wonder that Ezekiel is offering words that Psalm 23 sounds like. I will seek out the lost, bring back the strays, bind up the wounded, and strengthen the weak. And at this point right here, if you'll just pause, I mean, this sounds exactly like the work of God. It's kind and good. It's warm and tender-hearted. But the fat and the strong I will destroy as the dark, ominous organ music begins to play in the background. Because I will tend my sheep with justice. Dun, dun, dun. Skip over three verses to verse 20. So the Lord God proclaims to them, I will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. You shove with shoulder and flank, and with your horns you ram all the weak sheep until you've scattered them outside. But I will rescue my flock so that they will never again be prey. I can't help but think that, that, that the prey here references both, both, both the threats that are from outside, right, where, where the wolves and the darkness can, can prey upon them, but also apparently that be prey to those who are on the inside, who are seeking to do them harm, I will even judge between the sheep. I will appoint for them a single shepherd, and he will feed them. My servant David will feed them. He will be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be their prince. I, the Lord, have spoken. What do we expect? This word from Ezekiel, written both to the people of God, but also to the Babylonian rulers, makes clear. You can expect to be put back in your place. You warring nation that have conquered my people, you can expect to be put back in the proper pecking order, which has God as sovereign above all the kings and rulers of the world, and everybody else getting in line is what you can expect. But the, but the behavior of God is, is maybe, maybe surprisingly difficult to recognize. Because on the one hand, it sounds like this, this kind, compassionate God that we know who gathers us together, who, who cares for those who've been, who've been hurt, who, who puts back together those who've been damaged, who provides warm meals and, 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 and security and comfort. But on the other hand, it, it's clear that there's an element in which how do I say it? God takes sides. And it says he takes sides between the sheep. It says he takes sides between those who were already in the flock. This is not, listen, listen, this is not a Bible passage about the wolves. I mean, everybody pump your fist. We're all, I'm all about the Bible passage against the wolves. Down with the wolves. Take out the wolves. The wolves are bad. This is not that passage. 
This is a passage about the sheep, and he says that I will separate them. And I will pull to the side those, what does he mean by that? Those who, who, who have grown fat, those who have shoved others, those who have preyed upon the weak. Remember, I, I'm, I'm proposing the Bible says we will recognize Jesus by how divine power is being used. From the very early days of the church, this passage right here, Ezekiel 34, has been set aside. I was, I was telling them earlier, I, 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 believe, I, believe, I believe Paul and, and Peter and James and the, and the early writers of the New Testament and the others who didn't have their works included in the New Testament, I believe they took out their New Testament highlighters. You with me? Right? The, the highlighters they would have had back then. Right? Or maybe their internet search engine bookmarks. Right? And, the, and they would have read the Old Testament scripture and they would have gotten to Ezekiel and they would have, Ezekiel 34, and they would have taken out their yellow highlighters and they would have said, hold on, circle that right there because that sounds a lot like you know who. Turn with me, um, turn with me for a moment to Matthew 25. It's a story that that, that most of us probably already know, but, but listen to it again in light of what we've heard, that there is this shepherd, judge, king who will come, and his behavior is not what we expected. Listen to this, listen to this. Matthew 25, verses 31 through the end of the chapter. Now when the human one, though most translations would translate it as son of man. Now when the son of man comes in his majesty and all his angels are with him, he will sit on his majestic throne. All right? So we got the royal king language. All the nations will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them from each other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side, but the goats he will put on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. So these are the words that, these are the, words that the one seated on the throne who is exercising judgment amongst the nations, these are the words that he says to those who've been, who've been called out and put over here on the right side, the good side of things. And listen to their response. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Whoa, there must be some sort of mistake. I, I, I think you've messed up. This is what they're saying. Look, hey, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will reply to them, I assure you that, when you that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. What is the Bible saying? 
The Bible says that those who've been pulled off to the side to receive the blessings of eternal life, those who've made the right side of the list, those who have been applauded for their work and their words and their deeds, they are surprised by it. Why? Because even they didn't expect what was coming. Even they didn't know how to recognize the way that the king exercises divine power. And for all the times, I I bet I've preached this a dozen times in 19 years, for all the times I've preached this, I I oftentimes stop right there, but, but 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 I must go on. It says in verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, get away from me, you who will receive terrible things. Go into the unending fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry, and you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't welcome me. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothes to wear. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply. It's like an echo. Whoa, there must be some mistake. We didn't know. You've put us on the wrong side. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't do anything to help you? What are they saying? We would have done it if we had known. What are they saying? If we had recognized you. It's up there. Read it. If if we had just known, we would have done it. Surely, surely if we had seen that it was you, we would have done what was needed. And he will answer them. I assure you that when you haven't done it for one of the least of these, you haven't done it for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous ones will go into eternal life. This is the word of God for we the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. What we know as the church is that Jesus Christ Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, that Jesus is the king that the Old Testament prophets predicted. That Jesus is the one that, that, was, that was able to, to, by the power of God, come forth from the dead stump of David's line and produce a shoot that would, that would grow in ways that no one could have imagined. But the thing is, people didn't recognize him. Why why is that? Why is that in all four Gospels, Jesus would do a healing and people wouldn't believe it? Why is it in all four Gospels, Jesus would, would teach a truth and people wouldn't buy it? Why is it in all four Gospels, Jesus would be Jesus in ways that no one else could be i mean god in the flesh and people didn't see it why is that i I don't know about you I, i know about me though for me it's because i want him to look like me 
I want him to act like me. I want him to think like me. And that's where I'm wrong. See, the truth is, most of my first reactions, not necessarily actions, not necessarily things that I say or do, though, though there's a host of you in this room that, that, that could stand and give testimony of the times that I have done these things, but most of my first reactions, at least on the level of my thinking, most of the time, when I'm encountered by someone who I think is wrong, when, I, when I'm encountered by something that I think is wrong, my first reaction is to sort of, how do I say it? Bow up. Right? To, 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 to ask the question of myself, how can I make, hear me, make this thing right? How can I fix this with whatever power I have? Yesterday, and some of us were there, yesterday we had the chance to go uh, to a, a, a wedding of someone that attends the church. And Connor, Connor sang at the wedding, but beforehand he, he swung by the house and he needed to pick something up before he played, and I had, I had grabbed it up for him from across the street so he could, have a, it could be a little faster. And, uh, and he stopped in the, in, in, the, in the street. We were out in the front yard working on the driveway, and, uh, and he was telling us this story. And, uh, and I didn't know this story. Some of you might know the story now. He was telling this story, and, uh, and at the end of the story, the person that, that, that we're friends with had gotten done wrong. And the story didn't resolve itself. At, at this point, as of yesterday, at, at whatever time that was, two, two in the afternoon, the story hadn't resolved. And, he's t- and, and, and this person had been done wrong, and it was clear, and, I, and again, and if you knew the story, everybody in the room would agree. Everybody, Connor, you agree with that? Everybody in the room would say, that's not right. And so I'm standing in the front yard, and Connor's got, he's got his, like, you know, his, he's looking good. And, uh, and I'm like, hey, hey, you know what? You go tell our friend who's been done wrong. You tell him <clears throat> that if, if that other person doesn't make it right, and I mean down to the last penny, because it had to do with money. If they don't make it right down to the last penny, you tell them, I'll go and find a lawyer that'll represent them, and they'll just wipe them out. Right? You know? And the, and the, and the crowds were cheering, Scott, Scott, Scott. <clears throat> and later on, I'm like, what was that? Like, who am I? I'm, I don't have any power to do that. I mean, who who am I? I, It's true that it wasn't right, but how, what is it about me that thinks that the first response to something not being right is that I'm supposed to come in there and just shove them out of the way? That I'm supposed to just come in there and lean into it and bump them over and, and who knows? I mean, so what if they get trampled by me making things right? I'm, I'm, I know what right is. Who, who am I that thinks the way that, that power is, is to be exercised in the world is by running over people? Because here's the thing. The Bible says that God, God's paying attention and God's taking sides. And when I'm doing that, I'm not on the side of God, 
But according to Matthew 25, he's keeping up. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, would write, and then I'm done. He, he, He would write about this in his commentary on the New Testament. He would write about this passage from Matthew 25, and he would say this, and I'm going I'm I'm to translate it into out of the old English from 250 years ago. He says this. He's, he's talking about this day of judgment when, when, when the king seated on the throne is, is, is seated in front of us and we're all brought before him. He says, not only will all the actions alone of every child of man be then brought to open view, but all their words... Seeing every idle word, he's quoting Matthew 12, seeing every idle word which men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment, so that by thy words as well as thy works thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And then he asked, Will not God then bring to light every circumstance also that accompanied Every word or action. It's this stark realization that in the day of judgment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there not with my resume of good things, not with my highlights, not, not with the big giant things that I've done that were right, but I'm going to be standing there and it's going to be revealed all the little things. All the little things. Not that I've done out of my power, but all the little things I've done for those who don't have power. Another way to translate Matthew 25 is God is paying attention to the little things we do for the people that the world thinks are little. Will we recognize Him not by his appearance, but we recognize him by how he exercises divine power. And the good news is, though I have so often operated on the wrong side of things, there is forgiveness and there is grace. And like a loving shepherd, he leads me back to where I need to be. Let's pray. Gracious God, we're most thankful for your mercy, for your grace, for your forgiveness. For we are those who have operated like we are somehow strong. We are those who have exercised our power and in so doing have bumped into, trampled, run over, and harmed those who got in our way. Lord, forgive us and free us to live in ways that line up with your ways. Most of all, help us to recognize you when you stand in front of us.
not just in that day far off, but today and tomorrow and this week. This is our prayer. We ask you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.